feedback without caring, right? You know, we'll talk about it in many, you know, that's aggression or, you know, that that could be manipulation or that could be obnoxious. And that's not as helpful, especially with your team. Now it's all different if it's, you know, someone else you don't know, but yeah. And I think that relationship gives you the safety to, hey, let can we talk? Like, you know, guns on the table, as I had a colleague say. Almost 20 years ago, our paths crossed in the sneaker world. And since then, we have been on a professional and personal journey together. We've made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of fun, and even a few wins along the way. Our goal is to share our experiences and insights so you don't have to make some of the same errors that we did. And in addition, we want to help you begin to think about things a little different. So join us as we unpack our unsolicited and sometimes polarizing views on business, faith, and family with questions that make you want to unfollow. All right, so episode seven, feedback. You've got a little feedback for me today. Oh yeah, man. I got I got lots of feedback on you, bud. No, episode seven, man. We're gonna dig into, you know, we know feedback. When you hear that word, you know, some people shudder in fear. Some people are like, oh yeah, I love giving feedback. I love telling my opinion. But you know, feedback is vital, it's valuable, but it can also be hurtful, harmful, um, depending on, you know, who's delivering it and how it's delivered. So I think we want to share, mm-hmm. you know, what's the hardest feedback or some of the hardest feedback we've received, but then thinking through what's some hard feedback we've given and what have we learned from it as leaders, as fathers, as husbands, uh, there's no shortage mm-hmm. of feedback. So how do you pick which one to select, which one to export because it doesn't matter what to delete? I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of different factors there to, to kind of talk, talk about, but also think through. Yeah, let's start start with the word yeah. feedback itself. So yeah. when I say feedback to you, it can paint a picture. What picture does that paint for you? Oh, man, I think back to uh first time I ever heard an executive talk about feedback. Was I? Uh, it was early in my career. I think I might have been an intern or at least early. So it had to have been. I'm in my 20s. I remember this guy said, hey, feedback is a gift. And I always I never thought about it as a gift like. He said, feedback is a gift. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that, that's good. So I've always captured that and thought that throughout my career that feedback is a gift, um, but it's also a responsibility. So on the receiving end, it's a gift that you can only unwrap with your ears. But if you're giving feedback, it's also a responsibility because the way you give it and deliver it is so, you know, so powerful, mm-hmm. it's so potent as well. So but yeah, the word gift has always been my, probably the way I've thought about it, um, over time. Yeah. And I would say that's a positive connotation. Yeah. Well, you know, cause for me, I think I thrive on maybe how I'm wired. Right. So I thrive on, Hey, I want to do better, be better, try harder. I want to learn. I like, you know, I have a bookshelf full of books cause I know there's something I don't know. So I want to know it. I have to like, if I'm, so any of you give me feedback that I don't agree with, I've tried to get to the point, right? There's probably people who could uh, have some other, you know, exhibit A over here where they, you know, have some criteria where I, I didn't actually meet. But um, no, yeah, I, I've always seen it as positive because it's revealing something that I didn't know or that I didn't maybe prioritize. So yeah, I, I've always had a positive view of feedback, even when it's hard or tough, or makes you sweat mm. or get, get you clammy and nervous. <laughs> I've, I've, I, I kind of like the, I don't know, I, I, I kind of feed on that a little bit. How about you? Feedback. What was your visual image or do you have feedback baggage? <laughs> My first interaction with the word feedback was really when it came to technology. So yeah. when I was working in the media lab in college, one of the things we heard a lot was, hey, your audio has a lot of feedback in it. it has, yeah. You know, the other way of saying that is noise. And so I think even still today, when I hear the word feedback used in a corporate context or in a colloquialism for, hey, I've got something to say to you that you may or may not like, I hear feedback in a negative way because I've always imagined it as noise or I've heard it as noise. And it's always been something that I've tried to eliminate. It's funny noise. Feedback itself, yeah, (laughs) is something I'm trying to eliminate from our audio. I mean, if you notice, you and I are using new mics today. Like we're constantly trying to improve the sound of our audio. And I fear that my response to feedback has often been negative because 
I've always viewed that word as a bad thing. It's a bad thing to have in your audio, you know? But as we're talking about feedback today, we're talking about something that we're giving and receiving in, in hopes of being better, in hopes of creating a deeper relationship with team members, um, vendors, uh, and even our spouses and children. Gosh, that's so hard to do. Um, but I also feel like feedback has taken on this word picture in the last couple of years of a nicer way of saying, yeah, <laughs> I've got something negative to say to you, you know, and that's just <laughs> yeah. my perspective. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine a Karen at Red Lobster's you know, yeah. front desk asking to see the manager. Yeah. Oh, I've got some she's feedback. Got some feed- Let's talk to your feedback. manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think as we think about the word feedback today, like I, I want to think it's a positive thing, right? Like I want yeah. us to picture feedback as a very positive thing. And it's something that's going to happen in any group, right? It's going to happen in yeah. your office. It's going to happen in your small business. It's going to happen in your home. And so how do we manage that? Well, I think that's the conversation I want to have with you today, especially because you've led such big teams is like, how do we give, receive? And then also like, what do we filter out? Like back to my example with audio, like what, what feedback do we filter out and what do we listen to? That's good. Yeah, I, I like how you associated feedback, right, with noise. So like your my, my job is to eliminate the noise. My my job is to get rid of it. And you know, I may for me it made me think of like, man, if I'm a leader and I'm on a team and not getting feedback, then that means I'm a leader that's not growing because mm-hmm. the pace of business has changed so drastically. And I, I think, you know, let's call it a decade or two ago, depending on the job, right? There were jobs where I mean feedbackless like a world or a week of no feedback would be great. Like, hey, I, I need to get this widget done as fast as possible. I can see how I'm ranked, get it done, I go home. Um, most of our jobs, even the stuff we're going to build or create real estate to writing, to content creation, to anything you're going to produce, mm-hmm. um, you have to have feedback. You have to learn and evolve. But I think the art and the interpersonal science of like, you know, how do you confront that? And the psychology of it all is an art that honestly, most of us haven't really learned well. We, mm-hmm. we kind of have a list of yeah. what we did wrong <laughs> instead of like, <laughs> my list of feedback yeah. that I got where I needed to improve or feedback that I gave maybe and maybe in not a good way. That's a way longer list than the times I feel like I crushed it uh, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. You, you're first. All right. What is some of, uh, you know, if you think about some hard feedback you've gotten uh, over yeah. your illustrious career, uh, what, yeah. what, what, there's a, a scenario that stands out as some particularly tough or maybe some just critical or crucible feedback? We talked about this in the first season about bad mm-hmm. advice that we got. Yeah. And I think there's a difference in bad advice versus hard feedback like bad advice was just that's a dumb idea and i'm not doing that and you can keep that for yourself (laughs) uh tough feedback is sometimes it's hard to hear and i think one of the the toughest things for us to do with feedback is separate it from the giver and it's easy to say out loud but seldomly are we able to separate person and our view of that person our relationship with that person from the actual feedback itself and if you were actually able to do that very cleanly it'd probably be very useful all the time. But most of the time, our view on the feedback is, that we're given is often based on a relationship or the, the our view of the person giving it. So I would say that some of those early bosses that we had in footwear, I have a negative view on that feedback because <laughs> I didn't necessarily view them in, in a very positive yeah. light, you know? Um, in fact, I, well, some of the hardest feedback I ever got was from you personally, you know, like I remember oh, really? we about this in the first season. Yeah. Do when tell. you were like, Hey, some of the, some of those things that you were saying in the meetings to executives, you know, man, I, that's tough. Like you weren't hard on me, yeah. but you were like, Hey, like, yo, I wanted to die or Hey, yo, like yeah. I was embarrassed or Hey, yo, like, I can't believe you said that, you know? Oh, that's, and, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. But because we have such a, a strong yeah, relationship, right, and I have such an affinity for you, I received that, right? Like I received that feedback and tried to get better about that over the years, right? But if I had viewed you in a negative way, I'd have been like, nah, that's stupid, right? Yeah. Like, 
And then as we've progressed and honestly, like as we've grown as leaders and hopefully as human beings, and I've come to know myself better, especially through yeah. things like the Enneagram that Joe yeah. teaches, I have learned that often I state, you know, my opinions as facts and the way that I state those <laughs> and the energy with I state those uh, can often be, you know, viewed as conflict for other people. So you're absolutely right. Like you didn't have that language 20 yeah. years ago in the conference room in the way that I, you know, spoke to some of our executives. But yeah, I should have been more humble and approached that feedback on our creative that we were working on differently. So that's funny. It's funny because I, you know, I've probably been on the receiving end of that same type of feedback where, you know, like Adrian, you, you said that, you know, I'm, I've, I've been known to be the guy to say the thing that maybe there was a better way to say that, uh, as well, but no, that, that's good. And here we yeah. are still friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that is one of the things we can talk about today is, is who are you allowing in your life to give you feedback? Yeah. And if that is somebody as close and as um, special as you are to me, then man, that what a gift. But yeah. if you don't have men specifically, as we talk to some of our audience and, and women, right, in your life that you trust to give you that kind of feedback, and to be honest with you, that's something that you've really got to work to develop. And we're not talking about mentors. We're talking about yeah. folks that you trust around you every day that have a lot of interaction with you or see you in the workplace that you can trust to pop in and say, hey, like the way you handled yourself in that meeting wasn't really what I would have expected you to do. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And they give you the benefit of the doubt too. Like you, you need people in your life that give you the benefit of doubt of being good, a good human being. And maybe you had an off day or, or maybe you were hurting or maybe, you know, you've got a different view, but you didn't express that well. So that in itself is feedback. That's so good. there, yeah. there's three types of feedback, right? We know that there's appreciation. We know that there's coaching. Um, and we know that there's evaluation. I think often you and I with each other fall into the category of giving each other either appreciation yeah. Um, or we give each other coaching. We don't give each other evaluation in our interpersonal relationships as much, right? Um, so when it comes to giving evaluation, that we see that most often in the workplace. Talk to me about how you handle those different types of feedback and obviously leaning heavily into evaluation. But, you know, as you were leading teams at Patron, like how were you handling those different types of feedback to them? Yeah, I mean, I've had some probably some stellar uh, base plants when it comes to, you know, I think I talk about receiving feedback because I think the giving part, um, I've got some of those too, but kind of staying in that realm of like hard feedback, especially, you know, thinking about evaluation and, and coaching, right? Some coaching I've gotten, uh, I think one that stood out, right? And you think about some of the hardest feedback I've gotten, it was er it was early in Patron, so I was probably in, you know, in year two of my role. We had just pitched this epic project that like we were about to spend money, time, effort, resources. We we're going to take over the world on you know, a multi-million dollar campaign. And like my team, at that time, I was still like digital, social, um, had kind of pitched in this program. So like I was on the hook for like performance, you know, so evaluation mm -hmm. was coming. And so to get there, that was a pretty high stress situation where I depended on a member of my team to deliver something by deadline. Like I, I needed you to, we had all committed. We had sold in this multi-month, multi-million dollar program. You're on deadline for this piece. And honestly, it was one of those like stopgap things where if you don't do it, like we, we can't proceed. And I walked into this meeting and, you know, this coworker who's now a dear friend and like every, like we're all cool now, right? Yeah. But man, he like did not deliver. Not only did he not deliver, he like came up with another version of something. So he wanted to, a didn't deliver, but B wanted to change the rules of what we were going to do. And like, I, mm. I lost it, man. I lost it in that meeting. I was pissed. Like, I think I left, stomped out probably. And that's, and then, you know, me in Adrian fashion, anybody who knows me well knows like, yeah, I didn't mm. stop it. Like stomping. Then I think I tweeted something. Right. So I think I sent a tweet and it wasn't, a, it was about the person, but I think the tweet was something like this. It said, um, Things oh, that happens. are annoying when they don't work. Wi-Fi, deodorant, and coworkers. Right. So it was like, so I oh, tweeted this, like shoot. things that are annoying when they stop working. 
you know. Why don't you just at him on that? Yeah, wife, body odor, and coworkers, right? Oh, I was livid. Like, um, I was livid. Then I think I escal. I went to like someone else and was like, "No, we got to like deal with this." It was like full bazooka, you know, epic, you know, World War Three. I remember mm. two coworkers came to me. This is probably maybe three or four days later, and you could tell it was an intervention because these are two people. You know, people don't regularly just like sit down. Two two senior mm. leaders, right? Peers, so not my boss. Senior leaders who were my peers said, "Hey, like." Yeah, like that tweet and the way you've kind of behaved, like it's caused some mm. things in our team. We've had some calls and but their tone was so humble and like and the people, they aren't necessarily known for being the most humble people. You know, me and those peers mm. didn't always have the best of times, but we all got our work done. The fact that they got together, yeah. you could tell this was like a premeditated intervention. This was like, Adrian, like we need to talk. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. And then, you know, later on talking to my boss, right? And I think the word that came up was pout, right? Like, I'm a grown man. And like, they said, you're pouting. Like, you're annoyed. You're angry. You're you're pouting. And had a flashback of fifth grade when, you know, Miss Hollerich says something and I got in trouble and I'm sitting in the hall in Morningside Elementary and I'm, I'm pouting. My lip is out. I'm mad, right? And here I am, like, you know, 30 years later, Adrian is pouting right the adult version ah. of it and so as much as i wanted to defend myself like but i was right like he dropped the ball like yeah but like mm-hmm. you can't act like that you're a leader you set a tone and you know i got defensive That's right. i wanted to have a reason why you know i was like oh, no no your feedback is a distraction your feedback doesn't matter let's get back to the project and the reality is they're one mm-hmm. and the same the way i acted and responded to his outage on the project with a detriment to actually getting mm-hmm. the project done. And so, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to just hurry up and get the work done. And this was a time to like take a pause and elevate and be a better leader. And, you know, fast forward, and you know, I ended yeah. up, you know, I ended up uh, taking on the responsibility of that team. The project was great. It ended up being like record setting. You know, it's it was still probably one of the best campaigns I've ever got to work on in my career, became this big, you know, platform for Patron and, and a business driver. But that wouldn't happen if I hadn't like had to, you know, swallow the humble pie and like, yeah, I had to apologize and mm. man up. And it sucked to be told so, I was pouting. <laughs> like, yeah. My, my co-worker so his, yeah. Yeah. So his change or adjustment to the plan actually became even more valuable than the original plan. Yeah. Is it was like, actually ended up, I mean, he put it this way, he had valid concerns that's the thing so even though he wrapped it in Mm. he missed the deadline and like it was going to derail what i thought we were moving towards the nugget Mm -hmm. of his ideas were all better and so if you look at if you take away like like you said separate it from the person Uh. look at just the content of what he's trying to say he was actually trying to do his job and help in a way that would elevate and you know make everyone better and so it ended up being great but you had to get through the ego uh, or my ego as well. So in that case, right, there was mm. coaching from my peers because they needed me to be mm-hmm. better. Um, mm-hmm. It actually ended up being evaluation from my boss as he thought about, hey, how's this program doing and how my behavior mm-hmm. was, you know, seen as a potential dereller for the program. So that was a yeah. good one of evaluation and coaching going hand in hand, but peer to peer, which is harder. Like, yeah. when, you know, it's not like a direct report or a boss. This is like, a person who you know who works with you that was that was tough um mm. i'm a powder dude a <laughs> pout pout fish <laughs> um so the thing that you brought up there that i think is really interesting is that there was feedback happening both directions mm-hmm. whether you knew it or not right yeah. there was a feedback that was happening from you to your team member yeah and it was boom and, <laughs> Yeah, that was delivered poorly, yes. right? In lots of different ways. Yeah. But then the way that your team approached you to give you feedback on your feedback, yeah, right? Sounds redundant, but was the correct way to do it. Yeah. And you received that, right? You received it. So back to your point in the very beginning of this is like there's a giving and there's a receiving, yeah. right? And I think one of the important things for us as leaders to always do is to differentiate 
what type of feedback is needed and what type of feedback that person is looking for. So a good example would be if it comes to the end, of, like our end of the year reviews. I hate end of the year reviews, by the way. I think they're like yeah. gotcha moments, right? They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They should be monthly, you know, quarterly, whatever. They should never be annually. They're terrible. But I get why people want them, right? Because it's like a measuring stick. And usually it's for a raise. And to be honest with you, in the inflation-ridden world that we're in right now, I think you know everybody needs a raise because everything's getting more expensive. Mm -hmm. But that's why people really want them, right? Is like, hey, how did I do this year? Can I get a bump in salary? But the real they're really only useful if they're constantly done. And I think those are exercises in evaluation and they can also be exercises in coaching if they're yeah. done on a consistent basis, you know, and then the, the pay, the pay bump, you know, often you and I would say, well, that's our appreciation. But I think appreciation has to be different than that. I think appreciation has to be something that's specific and it's thoughtful. So for example, if you came into my office, I wouldn't just say, Hey man, love having you here. You're great. Like that may not be as well received as, Hey, thank you so much for the work that yeah. you did on that slide deck yesterday for our leadership team. I loved how much detail was in there and it really helped them understand what we're trying to do. So thank you for putting that together. Right? Like those types of appreciation feedback are different. And I think it's understanding when a person comes to you at a specific moment or you have a specific uh, thing happen that using the right type of feedback is super important because you might have the best coaching in the world, but if that employee is really just looking for some appreciation, that coaching is, is going to fall flat. It actually might not go well at all. It might actually make them mad, you know? Yeah. Um, and very yeah. seldomly is somebody looking for evaluation on a daily basis, but they are looking for evaluation on a quarterly or annual basis when it comes time for uh, a raise or, some kind of measuring stick of how am I doing at this organization? You know, like what's my future look like? It's good. Yeah. It can be exhausting if you feel like you're constantly being evaluated. Right. Um, oh, but the worse. reality is yeah. in some environments you are right. And so I think, think about an athlete or, you know, professional sports or things like that, mm. where first, you know, yeah. celebrity, whatever is high performance, high visibility organization, where it's like, you know, just, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, if you think about appreciation, evaluation and coaching, right there, those are categorized by the content that I'm going to deliver. You also think about it as, hey, what's the intent, right? Performance or your personality. Like performance is like okay, results. Like what are you doing, right? Which is, it's kind of like mm -hmm. evaluation. But then the personality becomes like, well, how are your relationships? And I think a lot of, yeah. as I grew as a leader, especially as you move up a couple rungs in the ladder, yes, you have to drive the performance and the results. Like that's a given. Mm -hmm. And that's usually there's tools and check-ins and meetings for that that are useful and helpful and, and you guide those i found the personality so the check-in on relationships how are you leading how are you treating that's the one that uh, oftentimes people don't ask that so i i found that when i ask that it opens up a new conversation and hey give me feedback mm -hmm. on how i'm leading but also like let me give you feedback on your peer relationships and how are you influencing you know yeah. john maxwell right doesn't I mean the job of a leader is influence Nothing more, nothing less, right? Influence. And that's the relationships. And I, I think part of the um, learning for me and giving and receiving feedback has been that piece of like having the ability to foster genuine, healthy, trustful and truthful relationships that allows hmm. for the flexibility to have those tough conversations or give appreciation in a way that they yeah. receive it. Yeah. 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 You were mentioning earlier off... Uh off the episode that like years ago, like feedback is not something that moves up, up the chain. And oh, in today's yeah. world feed. Yeah. Feedback is moving both directions, right? Like in your example, feedback was moving both directions from your subordinate, yeah. you know, to you from peers across in the past, you didn't give feedback to a boss or a senior level person. Even as early as our career, I felt like the feedback wasn't necessarily well received up the channel. I remember <laughs> I Willie Smith, you know, our our VP of marketing at Foot Action asked me in my exit to write him a letter, right? And I had feedback. And I think that was the first time I'd ever been asked for feedback, you yeah. know, to give to him. But um, 
what's your view? How do we, how do we give good feedback up the chain, right? Like how do we give good feedback from being a manager or director up to, let's say an executive? Yeah, those are tricky um, because it's funny. This question actually came up um, last night. I was telling Darrow, I got to go um, listen to Dr. Henry Cloud. He's, you know, the psychologist. He's a business owner, entrepreneur, author who wrote, you know, Necessary Endings, Boundaries, Never Go Back. I mean, he's, he's you know, spent, you know, three plus decades studying organizational. And brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. great stuff. And everything he talks about is like not only the organizational part of it, but the interrelational, interpersonal part of it, because he's a clinical psychologist. So it's fascinating to hear him unpack these problems and issues. But he's also a Christian. So he actually, you know, it's, it's I don't know. He, I'm just a big fan of how he thinks. This came up. How do you give feedback up the food chain? Or how do you signal that, mm. hey, there might be something out? And what happens is it almost always depends on the climate you're in. So if you have rapport with a mm. senior leader, right? They care about you. You care about them. There's some proximity there. It, it cr creates um, less friction for you to have the conversation. But if you don't have that, and most of the times when you're having to give tough feedback up the food chain, sometimes it's because you don't have a relationship where you can actually honestly yeah. share. There's a risk, right? It might not be safe, psychologically safe or career safe, right? Uh, at Reddish, yeah. we used to have a word called Oh, that's a career limiting move, right? Like, like you give your you give feedback mm -hmm. to a boss, or you know us at at Foot Action, we were feedback to our boss's boss's boss, right? I mean, those could be career limiting, and so I think a few things I've learned is you know always um, be respectful and professional. If there's a way to have an ally, either giving it to a boss or a team member who can walk it, like influencing who influences them. Right. It might not be mm -hmm. your role to give that feedback. It might be like someone else who's closer, who could like couch it. And so I think always have a game plan. Right. Depending on the stakes of the conversation. Hey, think about it. Like, you know, um, some feedback that, you know, I I'll tell a story about when I had to give some tough feedback to a very senior leader. I mean, it, you know, it's like worst case. Right. I mean, I had to talk to a very senior leader, you know, CEO about something that was said during a meeting. Um, and it was something that, you know, it was, it was the intent was not harmful, but the impact was right. How it was received mm -hmm. and felt by the audience and the team was hugely problematic, but his, his intent wasn't bad, but I was the, you know, I call it the next highest senior leader on the call. Right. Yeah. And so I had the duty of like, you know, so what did I do? All right. I got specific about, what the problematic or potentially problematic uh, statement was. A, I slept on, I didn't do it the same day. I wrote down the facts. I sat down early the next morning. I wrote out a note, you know, bullet points. Okay, here's how I need to say this, right? I called to schedule time to talk, right? And then I had the conversation, sent an email, written follow-up. And, you know, I, I try to couch it as, you know, like, hey, I'm humbly submitted. You know, it's like this, all the caveats yeah, of yeah. like, with all due respect, but it was something that needed to be addressed. Um, and the challenge with seeing feedback up the food chain is it's most of the time it's voluntary, meaning if you don't do it, yeah, nothing's going to drastically change for you. But the challenge is yeah. if you do do it, some things could drastically. So oftentimes it's risk reward where you have to weigh the calculation of, is it worth it? And, and that, in that um, event and in that sequence, I, I decided that it was worth speaking up not only for mm. me, but for the other employees. So it, it could be a learning experience. So like coaching your boss or coaching your boss's boss. Yeah. I mean, I don't advise it <laughs> to be quite honest, Yeah, but sometimes you, yeah. you, you, you have to, but I, and I think, you know, people know your heart. Uh, I think you have to just hope that, you know, the sincerity, the honesty and mm -hmm. the intent mm -hmm. is received because that's the yeah. challenge is when you're a leader in your family, you get credit for your intent in the workplace. It's mostly your impact, but the leaders who yeah. can can give really strong feedback, even when they slip up, you, you have to know both sides of that. And that's that's a tricky. Equation. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to know your your voice. Right. So. Yeah. You've, and you pick your battles, right? So if your voice is monotone and it's the same all the time and you're constantly talking about the same thing, eventually 
people grow deaf to it. So you have to kind of pick when your voice will be used, number one. Yeah. And I think number two, you've got to know which battle is worth fighting. You know, if you're constantly picking every battle to fight, it's not worth it's not worth it. Like eventually to your point, it's going to be either career limiting or you're just going to get muted and kind of cast to the side. So I think you've got to choose, Hey, here's when I'm going to give feedback. Um, and to your point, like they need to be significant things often. I think sometimes we want to give feedback on everything. Yeah. And the truth is, is a lot of it works, works out, you know, a lot of it, I don't want to say blows over, but it, it works itself out somehow, you know, but there are points, specifically points as a leader, when you have to give feedback either to down the food chain or up the food chain, that's uncomfortable. It's not that everyday kind of feedback. And I think your advice is good because it has to be thoughtful. It can't be like off the hip, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, that's the preference. And I think there are two like feedback, at its best, right? When you have a relationship, like me and you, right? You talked about, hey, you can mm-hmm. say that to me because like, you know, I respect you, as mutual respect and trust. Like, you know, yeah. feedback is give, but feedback can also be lived. And I think when I've lived feedback mm. is when I'm, I'm in my zone, right? So I'm telling you in a timely manner, like, hey, here's what we got to work on. Here's what's good. So I'm almost giving you appreciation, evaluation and coaching in a way that's fluid. So I've built trust in truth we have a yeah. single view of reality. You can trust that I'm going to tell you the truth. To me, it's almost like, you know, worst analogy, I guess, would be marriage, right? Where, you know, like mm-hmm. you just have this fluidity where, you know, you have this trust. Um, to me, I've seen that be so well. And so now, you know, it's, hey, it, yeah, it means rewards and accolades. It might mean a bonus or a promotion. Hey, it might mean, hey, here's this mm-hmm. project you want to work on. It might mean I recommend you for something else. But like that appreciation comes to life in so many different ways. So I'm not just giving you feedback. I'm living the things I'm telling you. Or, you know, in my case, it was like, hey, like you you got this. And so I'm going to step out of the way and let you run this piece of the business because you got it right. And, and, and so, yeah, I, I think the challenge of a leader is to always look at ways to like, man, how, how can I live this feedback um, in a way that's, that's true? So it's not just words. It becomes actions. So some pro tips on giving feedback to creatives, which has been, you know, the last 20 years <laughs> of my life. That's a whole other podcast. You know? oh, that's a whole yeah. other podcast, right? That's good. You got some real sensitive egos um, in creatives for sure. But I'm still doing that on a daily basis. Like we're still working with freelancers on projects. And even yesterday I was meeting with an architect, right? Like that's the same yeah. type of personality. And a couple of things that I've learned, number one, creatives always want feedback. Yeah. They may not say it or they may say it, right? But they always want feedback on their work. The question is, is that can they handle the feedback that's received? Because it's not always positive. And so you've got to figure out a way to your point of either developing trust so that they trust hey, the feedback that I'm receiving is good coaching or it's good evaluation um, or it has to be done in such a way like the old classic Oreo, right? Of (laughs) good, bad, good, you know, the stacking sandwich, which I kind of hate. But what I found is is that over the years, creatives do want feedback. They don't just want changes. Yeah. So they're often looking for, hey, what could I do better? How could I do this better? That's good. What would you do here? Like, I think a lot of the folks that I've worked with in the past have looked at my experience and they said, okay, what would you do here? Rather than just like, why are you telling me to change that? Like, what would you do here? What color palette would you use? Or what would you, yeah. how would you separate the lettering or whatever? And one of the things that I don't love doing is I don't love micromanaging. I absolutely do not love micromanaging creatives and telling them make these changes, flip this kerning, yeah. change, you know, like I want them to work through a lot of that on themselves, on their self, on their own. So a lot of times I'll be less detailed in my changes and more open in my feedback, if that makes sense. Right. So instead of giving you just a list of changes to do, I'll come sit with you and say, hey, first of all, great job on getting this thing done in time. Man, I really appreciate that. And I think that like the core of it is really good. Now, the guys that have worked for me in the past and ladies have all kinds of jokes about how I give free feedback. Like, hey, good start. Um, 
uh, hey, what's that going to look like when you're done? <laughs> you know, uh, are there any other options? I, you know, yeah. they've got all like these internal jokes about how I get feedback, but they know that they can trust me. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start by appreciation. Hey, thank you for getting that done. The second thing is, is that I'm going to ask them why they did certain things. Right? Like I'm going to ask that creative, like, Hey, why'd you do that? Tell me about that. What do you think in there? Yeah. And there, there are sometimes when I came with a change and they'll talk me through it and I'll be like, man, like that's, that's good rationale. Like that's good reasoning. Um, but then a lot of times, like I'll help walk them through why I'm looking for something a little bit different. You yeah. know, maybe it's readability, maybe it's, uh, brevity. Maybe sometimes like we need to design for brevity. Um, m- maybe it's uh, context. Maybe the image is wrong and we need a, an image that um, gives better context. One of the, um, the toughest things to edit or give feedback on a lot of times is video because it does have to be very specific. So if I've got a video editor and they're like, hey, can you come into my office real quick and give me some feedback on this? It's not something that you can just pop in and pop out on, right? Because you can give pretty broad general feedback like, hey, looks good, feels good, blah, blah, blah. But you need to give some pretty specific moments in which editing has to happen. And so I think like the role of an editor, their feedback is very different from just leadership, right? So like Johanna was an editor and still is at times in print. Like that's very specific feedback. It's like move this, move that. It's honestly kind of like in the world of changes. Um, Whereas a lot of times what you and I are talking about from a leadership perspective is more broad. It's more cultural. It's like you were saying, it's influencing a human being. Um, but in this creative world that I live in, it gets overlapped somehow, right? Yeah. Like yeah. my, my feedback to you on how you design, you might interpret it as it's like how I'm doing as a human being. And I think what, you know, it's really hard for creatives to do sometimes is separate who they are from their work. Gosh, it's so hard. But I think it's important to remember, especially if you're early in your career, you're getting paid to do this work, right? It's not art as in the normal definition of art, like where you've created something at your own, right? You're, you're basically being tasked with doing something in exchange for currency. So, you know, remember Grace Brennan where she told us like, if the client wants it green, you make it green. If the client wants it pink, you make it pink. Right. So I I think understanding that as a young creative and saying, okay, the feedback that I'm going to receive, the changes that I'm going to receive, I need to separate that feedback from who I am as a person and the feedback itself. And hopefully you've got a good boss that you can trust, you know, to do that. And I don't know, man, it's not easy helping creatives na- navigate all this stuff. <laughs> I know I'm, I've spent 20 years, you know, little dabble at agency here or there, but most part I'm, I'm the client, right. That, uh, an account exec filters my feedback and then gives it to the creative team. But I've always found the creatives actually like, they're actually fighting to like get to me so they can like, I just want to hear it from you. Cause, and so what I've learned yeah. and, you know, as I'm especially talking to creative directors, art directors on, you know, this still or photo or, or video or sometimes it's a campaign idea, right? And that's the, the most mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the most just kind of contextual stuff. It's like, it's just a campaign idea. Like it could live in multiple mm-hmm. spaces. Is like, what's the energy? What's the vibe? Like you're, you're talking, Hey, mm-hmm. here's a reference. Yeah. And so it's so like obtuse sometimes. Right. So how do you like, you know, speak any emotions and speak in, in some of those things. And for me, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a, um, like I'm a taste tester. Like we're going to start this project or process general direction. And then we're going to taste and try. And so for some people, they love that, right? They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. C- come in the kitchen. Let's bake together. Some creators, right? It's like, no, like you give me the recipe or tell me what you want and get out and I'll see you in a day. Yep. Like, right. And so yep. I'm really good with people who, who, who want, I'm not like a, I don't try to be the, the creative guy, but I am very creative inspired. So I have points of view. Um, the same time though, like there are some parts are like, no, I, I know this get out of my way. And so I, I tend to thrive with creatives or people, artists who we can kind of co-create. Um, but yeah, that, that's not always a happy marriage. So yeah, <laughs> no, cause I'm on the other end of that spectrum and I, you know, there's a lot of people in my life that will, you know, raise their hand on this one is that like, I always use the analogy of soup, 
Yeah. Right. Like I've got, you tell me what you want. I'll get together the ingredients and I'll present you with an amazing soup. But I do not want you in the kitchen looking at kitchen. all the ingredients on the counter while yeah. I'm putting together that soup, right? Because to you, they may not make sense. And how I make soup may not yeah. make sense, you know. That's so funny. But I'm making soup. So get out the kitchen. Yeah. Get out of my kitchen, fool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you you have a book that you've uh, you've used as like a feedback primer, right? Um, so to tell us, tell yeah, us about that. it's. It came from Seth Godin's Alt MBA mm -hmm. a few years ago. Um, it's Thanks for the Feedback. It's by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. It's really focused on the science of, of giving and receiving feedback well. And it's one of those books that if I had known about early on in my career, I, I definitely would have read. So it's Thanks for the Feedback, uh, Douglas Stone, Sheila Heen, The Science and Art of Receiving Feedback Well. Good. And that idea of the three types of feedback in appreciation, coaching, and evaluation, that definitely comes from them. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, one book, um, I've bought this for my teams that I remember as very hard feedback I had to give once was with a coworker who was, I mean, a brilliant guy. He was a great uh, oper operational leader, executive, but man, his how, the way he spoke, the way he joked was, you know, he it was misogynistic. Mm -hmm. You know, people would say, hey, that was, you know, inappropriate, the racial undertones. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have a checklist of things like you kind of can't say that anymore. <laughs> kind of one of those guys. Right. And so, yeah. you know, I'm doing this whole coaching thing and trying to work through it. And I um, anyway, we, we had some pretty tough conversations. But uh, I will say this, though, after my time, especially at Patron for the last probably three years, I'm I'm not a I'm not a punk like I'm OK. What do we need to talk about? Let's talk. So I've given feedback on the most insane stuff to audiences. And I, I don't I don't get really ruffled anymore. I might get, you know, nerves a little yeah. bit, but I'm I'm ready. Like I okay, what do we gotta talk about? Because I've had the most awkward conversations about so many things that I wouldn't have never guessed I'd have to talk about. But one book that changed um my perspective called Radical Candor. A lot of people have read this book, Radical Candor by yep, yep. Kim Scott, right? And it's like it's the idea that, hey, I care personally and I want to challenge directly. If you can just do those things, like I care about you and we're going to talk directly. I think that does demystify a lot of it, right? Because if you care, but like you don't talk to me directly, right? Then it's like, it, it you know, it's, is it, you know, it's empathy, but you're, you're not really helping me, right? So because you're not going to address it. So you're going to kind of let me, you know, it's that kind yeah. of passive aggressive thing. Or, hey, if you challenge yeah. me directly, but you don't really care about, I mean, that's the brutal honesty. That's the, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just keeping it real. That's the bully, right? Um, and then, you know, there's that manipulative insincerity. And, you know, that's the person that, like, they're, yeah. they're going to stay quiet. They don't really care about you. It's that passive aggressive. They're going to let you just kind of, like, hang yourself, right? And not, you know, and I think we've all worked with people like that. And I think the gift of giving good feedback is such a great leadership trait. Uh, that, you know, it'll help in, at home. I think we all got examples of our wives, our kids, our, our, our you know, clients to yeah. coworkers where the, the ability to give and receive feedback and like hold room for other people's opinions without necessarily, you know, importing them to your soul. Let it, you know, like, yeah. let it sit, figure out what you need to accommodate for yourself and adjust, figure out what's true, figure out motives and all those things. But like, just yeah. trust that, it'll be okay that's it's a sign of maturity but it's a very hard hard fought skill to hone because you can only hone it by repeating it um yeah 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 so building on that what what feedback do we band bypass out you know like i'm trying yeah. to use the best uh you know audio example i can but with feedback there's certain frequencies that we want to eliminate when yeah. it comes to feedback, what frequency do we eliminate? I think, you know, there are people who don't know you, don't care about you, and aren't experienced or, mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't have expertise in your field. So I don't know you, I don't care about you, and I don't even know this thing, the subject matter. That's a troll, right? It's just that, like, I think yep. troll, that's the instant, like, you don't even 
give it time, right? And during our social sabbatical. Yep, so that gets eliminated, right? Yeah, you're just like, don't even listen to it, right? And then there's people who know you, but don't care. Like, so I know you, but I actually want to hurt you. And, you know, those are haters, right? And that's where you have Mm -hmm. to know that sometimes someone gives you feedback on yourself and they're really giving feedback on their their perception of you and their hurt. They're they're and they're they're Mm -hmm. seeking to harm you. I think that's discernment and that's hard to know up front if a family member or even a coworker is trying to hurt you and it's not about the project, Mm -hmm. it's really trying to get you, um, you know, so I I think, you know, and then there's people who, you know, they know about your field, they're experts in it. They don't know you. They're just like, Hey, here's some feedback. Those are the ones I probably value the most because there's no skin in the game in terms of like, but obviously I value people close to me, like you or my wife, right? Who, Mm -hmm. you know me, you care. Of course that's number one, but I think there is value in, People who have no skin in the game, but they're experts in their field who are like, hey, here's what I would do or here's how I thought about it. Like, huh, like Henry Cloud. You know, people asked him questions last night and he's like, he doesn't know them. He'll never see them again. But like this guy has 30 years of business leadership. I'm I'm yeah. going to take his feedback on my situation because um, he's he's seen 10,000 people's situation like this where I've only experienced my mm-hmm. one. So I think there's room for people who don't know you. Um, who may not quote unquote care about you, but you have to be very discerning um, about the source yeah. and the intent. Yeah. And I think what I heard was the commonality in frequencies. We recommend that you listen to is the trust box. Yeah. Right. The, is the trust box checked, you know, whether it's a friend, a coworker, yeah. even if it's a person I don't have a, a relationship with like Henry cloud, like I trust what he yeah. has to say has value, right? Yeah. So there's a, a trust there. It's when you don't trust a person that it's hard to receive that feedback. Um, and honestly, like I don't. Um, so last, last and probably hardest topic to talk about really quickly, which can't talk about it quickly, but feedback <laughs> inside of our marriage. So Ooh, we're yeah. quick to give feedback, yeah. right? Yeah. But, or maybe we're not because we don't want the repercussions of it, right? Um, But how do we receive feedback well from our spouse? Gosh, I got to ask Alicia that because I think she might have a different uh, take from me. I think I've gotten a lot better, obviously. And, you know, we just celebrated 11 years being married. And I think I look at where we Mm -hmm. are today and where we were first couple of years. Look, we were a hot mess. The things that like I would give her feedback on because I would give her like a list of things like you had to change, change this. And, you know, or and she was stonewall, so she wouldn't give me feedback, but she would act on the feedback Ooh. she didn't give me, which, you know, so you're like, something's different, but you haven't told me. Right. And so they're both toxic Ooh. and they're, you know, they, they both don't work. Right. So they both aren't yeah. signs of a healthy relationship. But I, I think now, you know, it's probably related to, um, God, just getting feedback on, you know, my fatherhood, uh, my how I'm a husband. I think those are things that are um, I'm willing to hear now because of the season I'm in. But yeah, I, I gotta be honest. Yeah. When I was busy, you know, one of the you know my come to Jesus moment was when you know, I was flying across the world, workaholic. You know, I asked my family, "Hey, what's most important to me?" And I mean, they all said my work, my wife, my kids. Mm-hmm. And so that was tough Oof. to hear that. It's like, hard to hear. Yeah, hey, what's the most important thing to me? Uh, you know, they might say, hey, and we, we know you love us or like, oh, yeah, of course you love. Yeah, me, yeah. But dot, dot, dot your work, your work, right. your time, your duh, you, you want to get ahead. Yeah. Marketing, selling tequila, whatever that thing is. I'm like, so that's the hardest feedback yeah. I've ever gotten was it was a mirror to like what was really important. Um, and yeah, and challenge with family is once they give you feedback, you have to process, you have to own it. Like, ah. You can't just delete the yeah. email. No, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's tough. How about you, man? I, I think, I think I value feedback from Johanna more than I ever have. Yeah. I look at her and I say, this is a person that's wise, that's been through a lot of life, that's studied a lot. Um, so when she s- speaks on personality, on behavior, on that kind of stuff, like I listen, it's not always easy to hear. Yeah. But I, I listen to it now, whereas early in our marriage, I would do what they call switch tracking, right? Where I, she'd be giving me feedback on something, but then I would immediately jump to something else, yeah. right? Like Oop. I would almost like, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Like switch to we start having an argument about something else rather than sticking on the thing that she's giving me feedback about. So I've learned to just stay focused on the feedback that I'm receiving and like listen. Um, And then also uh, handle, handle feedback that I give with care. Meaning like I know that my relationship with Joe is not necessarily one of a coach. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like my job isn't to coach her up, right? So back to that point of like, appreciation coaching and evaluation like i really leave coaching and evaluation out of our marriage feedback like the feedback that i give to joe is really more about appreciation um and honestly she deserves it but like it took me a while to learn that i am not a coach for her whether it comes to like physical fitness or whether it comes to like how she you know is interacting with other people like Mm. i really try to leave the coaching out of it there are times where like i'll wait a little bit, I'll wait a little bit, wait a little bit. And then I'll be like, <laughs> Hey, I love you. But there was this moment in which you said this is person, you know, and then she, she'll receive that. But like, I'm not the guy in her life that says like, Hey, did you get up today for the gym? Are you going to the gym? Yeah. Like, you know, that that's another person for her. Yeah. And I'm fine with that being the case. I'm fine with paying for that. Right. Yeah. So I think it's important Good. in your marriage to identify that early on and not try to change your spouse. My grandparents used to say the way that they made their marriage last so long was that they they picked their battles. Like they stopped trying to change the other person. Papa said he would he said, like, I stopped trying to change the way that Mama did certain things and just realized like that's who she is. And it wasn't that important to me. Like the little things just weren't that yeah. important to me. Big picture stuff was important, but like little things aren't important. They're 87 and 85 today and they still kiss each other before they leave the house, which is pretty beautiful. So that's awesome. Yeah. Save the feedback and the performance reviews for your, <laughs> yeah, for, your, for the uh, office. Team. <laughs> yeah. Do not bring that home. Oh, that's good. I, yeah. It's funny. I, I wish I, I mean, I know that, but man, early in my marriage, you no, know, I, I brought all that home. Right. I, I was trying to manage and operationalize my marriage. Uh-huh. And no, that, that yeah. doesn't lead to change positively. It, it leads to resentment. It leads to confusion. It leads to, That's right. you know, this uh, an identity where, you know, your performance and productivity to me. Right. And you're arguing about money, family, sex. Right. And so and sex. Yeah. It's yep. like, uh, it's a, I look back. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I like thought that or said that. Oh, it's. It's harsh, but yeah. So if you're listening, yeah. fast forward in wisdom and do not do that. <laughs> yeah. Do not give feedback um, that is coaching yeah. early on in your marriage. Yeah. It's good, man. Just focus on appreciation. Focus on yeah. appreciation. So good, man. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, the feedback says that it has been almost an hour and it is time to go. So I love you. I look forward to the next episode. I love the conversation and I'll be looking forward to feedback from you and the rest of our listeners. Hey guys, this is DC and this was the Unfollow Podcast. We hope you like what you heard today. And if you didn't, that's okay. There's a hundred thousand other podcasts you can choose to subscribe to. But if you like this one, do us a favor and subscribe or share it with a friend.